Welcome to the Real Estate 401k Show. Here are your hosts, Ryan Gertis, Mike Weinstein, and Justin Frederick, helping you build a legacy of wealth through real estate. Powered by the Recon Group at West USA and the Frederick team with Fairway Mortgage. NMLS number 625918. A question for you guys, or question for anybody, anybody that's listening, how many ways do you make money in real estate? Or, or more importantly, how many ways does the average buyer or average seller, the average homeowner think that they make money in real estate? And we're going to get into the answer because I think one of the biggest challenges that that buyers are having right now is getting caught up in interest rates or getting caught up in a recession. And if we have a recession, what happens if I buy my house today and it drops in value? And that'd be a great question for our listeners. How much do you think if we hit a recession and a lot of people think that uh, home values are going to go down or the market's going to drop, you know, what percentage do you think that is? I'd be, I'd be curious to know what, what our listeners, what our followers uh, think. But Ryan, it comes down to we get caught up, oh my gosh, if I buy a $450,000 house, and it drops uh, by 5%, even if it dropped by 10%, the world is over and I have lost everything. And I maintain your home never, ever has to go up in value in order for you to make money in real estate. But obviously, let's tackle the first one. The first way you're going to make money on a piece of real estate is you buy it for this price and you sell it one day at a different price, a higher price. Appreciation. And, and it's called appreciation. That's typically the first way that most people think that we make money in real estate. Sure. So so appreciation is just over a long enough timeline in real estate, we've learned that appreciation is just that you're going to make money in real estate if you, if you own it long enough. So even back in 2004, 2005, when people were paying obscene amounts of, of money and we're, we're sitting back thinking, well, we're never going to see a market like this again for the rest of our life, fast forward to you know, what, yeah, 15 years later, yeah. and we're seeing even bigger numbers, even bigger spikes uh, in value or, or what people were paying, quote unquote, appreciation. So yeah, that, that's 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 probably the simplest form for most people to think of it because if you have zero aspirations in investing in real estate, you just simply want to be able to hopscotch from from point A to point B in life because you know your first home is probably going to be more in an introductory level one. You might only be there three to five years, so you're going to see three to five years worth of appreciation. Door number two or door number three, maybe you get married, kids, or maybe you retire. Whatever that life change looks like, it it there those types of milestones happen further and further apart. So you end up seeing more appreciation between each and every single time that you move. So that's kind of like the easy one that that most everyone pays attention to, and then they move that equity from one property over to the other, which is pretty much completely against what what all Whoa. of our teachings are. Um, <laughs> because right. I'd rather have multiple properties making mm -hmm. making appreciation. Mm -hmm. I'm, lo I'm looking at Justin. I feel bad for him because he he sits in the middle. So there is no camera angle on our podcast where he's not on camera. He, you've got to look like you're interested. At all times. Because I know time. when Ryan talks, I can just yawn off and nobody's going to actually see that. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing true. from you. Okay, that's no, true. All right, that's, that's profound. True. So for for my purposes, uh, as my example, let's just say home number one 
cost you $350,000. And let's just say you hang on to it and, and you listen to Reconomics and you follow uh, what we preach and you're going to hang on to this for the life of the loan. You buy home number one, you're going to own it for 30 years. And let's just say, because we, we they're predicting that home price is going to go up 24% over the next five years. Let's say in the next 30 years, this home only goes up, only goes up 5%, which is ludicrous, which is, there's just no way. But at that point, that home right there has made you $87,500. Justin, if you get in an five FHA, years. and if you get an FHA loan, three and a half percent, $350,000, that's, uh, I work it out here, that's $12,250. And now you got a $350,000 asset that's making money in one way of real estate. The second one, uh, and you know, you being on the lending side, you totally understand this, is, and this is why I say a home never has to go up in value. If I buy that $350,000 home, it doesn't go up in value. And I make every single one of those 360 mortgage payments. And typically, I'm going to have a renter in there after, right. after year That's two. Right. So now I'm yeah. going to have a, a renter making those payments for me. And this is why we call it the Real Estate 401k show, because it's based on our Real Estate 401k program. Every time that mortgage payment is made, you're buying down the principal. Every time. And as you continue to buy down the principal, and if you do, if, if, if you're making money on the property, if you do have renters in there and you're paying extra towards the principal, you're just paying down that principal faster and you're paying less interest each month. So your, your reward will be higher at the end because um, you're paying less interest. So you have less fees. Right. And you got somebody else making the payment for you, Correct. buying down the principal. Right. What, what do we say about stock, Ryan? Well, it has, it has to do with leverage. If I want $100,000 worth of stock, how much cash do I need to come up with? Justin? $100,000. I'm going to go with $100,000 mm-hmm. myself. All right. <clears throat> and you'd be correct. In this if way, you you're putting th- down 12250 Right. And five so, years of and so how, in your scenario with the $350,000 home, what was the appreciation? The eighty-seven thousand. What was that percentage? Uh, that was twenty-five uh, percent over thirty years. Twenty-five percent. So, but the reality is, is you only put down twelve thousand dollars, and then you made eighty-seven. By my calculation, that's a four hundred percent increase. Right. Right. So that's how that's where the laws of leveraging comes in to really benefit you. Now, you do have that monthly payment, right? And the reality is, going back to the appreciation level. Everyone thinks that their homes appreciate. Your homes do not appreciate. Trust me, your home is not newer now than it was yesterday. It only maintains that if you are if you are taking care of the property, you're remodeling it and sure. you're keeping it up to date. But what's really appreciating is the land in which it sits on. That's the only thing that's appreciating because everything else is a depreciating asset. So you have to understand. You know, it's funny. I had a I had a phone conversation with someone t- this morning, and you know they they. This house is so distressed. They haven't touched it. I mean, they basically did what they had to do when they had to do it. So they got the roof replaced after they had multiple areas where just massive water damage had occurred, so on and so forth. But now all of a sudden, he's an expert in real estate. (laughs) (laughs) He watches HGTV. (laughs) And and I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. You can't be reactive. You have to be proactive to these things in in order to really fully embrace what appreciation can do for you. And so that being said, when you do put that tenant in there that is paying off your paying down your principal, you still you're still responsible for making sure that you have a good tenant in there that's going to protect that appreciation. Yeah, and and here's the other thing is nobody if if I go out and buy the $350,000 worth of stock 
I, I need $350,000 cash. Okay. The only way that I make, pretty much the only way I'm going to make money is if that stock goes up in value. Even if it goes up in value, if it doesn't go up in value, nobody's reimbursing me that initial $350,000 investment. That's the beautiful thing about a tenant and a renter buying down that principal. In essence, they're, they're, they're reimbursing your initial investment so that when the life of the loan comes to its conclusion, if the home doesn't go up in value, you have $350,000 almost liquid asset. Mm-hmm. It's, it's powerful. Third way, and I don't want to get into the, in, into the details of it because neither none of us are accountants, but you still have tax benefits. There's, you know, especially when you have an investment property and you put it into an LLC, there's an incredible amount of write-offs. Even if you take a loss, in some cases, a loss benefits you. You see, you see it all the time. I see it all the time. Well, going right. back to the fact that the only thing appreciating is the land in which a home sits on, you bet your ass I'm depreciating the heck out of everything and writing <laughs> it off on taxes because my home is not getting any newer. And so in order to keep it new, I must remodel it. I got to make sure the a, you know, new AC every you know 15 years or so, you know, staying up on top of it. Those are all things that you can write off. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of how. How and who right. is helping you write those things off. And so if you just think that you can just go throw that on to your returns and just start writing things off, you better make sure you know what you're doing. Now me, I don't. And I don't claim to. I don't live in a world where I just want to harness my strengths and work on my weaknesses. What I want to do is I want to take my strengths and put steroids on it. And then I want to delegate out my weaknesses to other people to where my weakness is their strength. And then they're putting steroids on those strengths so that we can just have one big powerhouse. So does it matter that I know everything about taxes? No. What does matter is that the people that are in my, in my camp, in my sphere, do. All right, the fourth way. So you're going to make money through appreciation. Um, you're going to make money by the the buy down of your principal. You're going to have financial advantages through taxes and hiring the right CPA or had and or hiring the right accountant. The fourth way is if you follow Reconomics, you live in the house for two years, you go buy home number two, you put a renter in there. Now let's just say you actually put a renter in there at, at you know exactly at that 28 year mark. During the life of the loan, let's say your positive cash flow is five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and let's say that positive, let's say that the rent never goes up; it just stays five hundred dollars for the next twenty-eight years. I did the math; I had to write it down. I tried taking off my shoes, but I don't have enough digits to do this type of math. Mm-hmm. But so five hundred dollars times twelve months times twenty-eight years—that's a hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars that you have generated in income. So you take all of those pieces together, all of those pieces together. And remember, initially we're focused on, oh, what if my property goes down in value, goes drops 5% or, you know, I'm paying a little bit higher of an interest rate than I, than I really like. At the end of this, at the end of the life of the loan on property number one, if you bought it for $350,000, 3.5% down, you will have made $605,000 just on that home using just $12,250. Imagine if you had five of those suckers. And I think that another another big asterisk there is understanding that if this only works 
if you're approaching it like a business. Yeah. Um, I, I see absolutely. so many people that want to babysit their rental properties, stop by once a week, go over there and make best friends with the tenants, and they think that what they're doing is is creating better business when in fact they're 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 totally mortgaging their time. Because if that that five hundred dollars is great, if it's only taking me 30, you know, 30, 45 minutes a month, right? Not many people out there are worth a thousand dollars an hour. I'm not worth a thousand dollars an hour. I wish, but <laughs> I'd like to think I am. <laughs> but but when it comes to my passive income, I am, because I have plenty of properties that are doing that, making that passive income for me, and and I have systems in place. I'm using home warranty companies. I'm using my trades. I'm using I'm using our attorneys. I'm using our CPAs that are that are managing it from a higher level. So all I have to do is when the dishwasher springs a leak, I'm making a phone call. I'm not physically or personally going out there trying to fix these things. I think that that's probably the biggest mistake that that yeah. novice investors make. Well, go ahead, Justin. I, I feel like, and I feel like when you're saying novice, but I feel like this is this is a perfect, I, I wish I would have known this when I was 20 years old. I feel like these are perfect scenarios, you know, owning a home for two years and then moving on to another home. These are perfect for scenarios for people that are in their early 20s. You don't have a family. You're not looking for your dream home right now. It's it's a really good time to to start doing this. And I, I think as uh, when I was young, I was like, this wasn't for me. Um, I'm not I'm not old enough to do this yet. Uh, I I didn't know it was you're possible. Not a, you're not a grown-up. <laughs> I'm not a grown-up. I'm still not a grown-up. I know. <laughs> but uh, um, if I... I'm I'm just trying to talk to the young kids out there or the young adults out there right now. Like this is this is for you. This is how you can make a lot of money if you listen to this and and you follow this this practice. Well, well, I think Ryan, I th- Ryan, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's approaching it like a business. If you approach real estate, even your very first home, if you approach it like a business, so much of the emotion is out the door. And that emotion, that emotion comes from listening to people who are less successful or had some bad times or don't understand the market or listening to the news. And you get caught up in this emotion and you're not seeing the truth because it's always it's always down to treating things like a business. It's always down to the business plan. And that's really, I think, what we excel at. We've never actually used this term. But what we pretty much do for our clients is we build them a business plan. The business plan is running a real estate business, and how do you build wealth through? Because you don't start a business with the intent of not building wealth. Well, and it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, like we're the real estate 401k show, where most people approach a 401k, and they're willing to drop 1000 to $3,000 a month in tax, you know, either pre- or post-tax dollars through their, through their company. And then they come over and they say, well, if I'm not positive cash flowing 500 bucks a month, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, right. You're trying to tell me <laughs> that that it makes more sense to drop $3,000 into something that you're not going to be able to touch until post-retirement that really is oh, it's not tangible at all, right? Cuz you can you you can make real estate a hybrid. We we do that. We have short-term rentals that are out of state that we use that from time to time to, you know, make memories with family and so there is some emotion attached to that. But I can do that because while I'm not there, it's making me money. Well, I think what I'm saying is sometimes the emotion 
we get caught up in the emotion of what other people are saying, and it keeps us from making bold decisions that are going to benefit our, our future. You know, we just get caught up on what everybody's saying and the sensationalism of, of the media and, and not giving you the whole facts. And, and I know that a lot of people watch cable news. There is nobody you're watching in cable news that is cutting a check going to match your 401k. So it's really about your own retirement. And, and I know we talked a lot about, you know, the first time home buyers. But, you know, here, uh, you know, at the, at the Recon Group, it's really about helping you create a legacy of wealth through real estate. It does not matter whether you are a first-time buyer, you're a seasoned investor, you've got a hundred doors. The question that always pops up, what is next? What do I do next? And that's what our team of real estate wealth managers excel at. If you'd like to uh, sit down with one of us, schedule time to, to talk with us and help you build that strategy, all you got to do is text the word WEALTH to 623-AZ-RECON. That's WEALTH to 623-AZ-RECON. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate 401k Show. If you want more information on how to build wealth, click on the link or text us at 623-297-3266. That's 623-AZ-RECON.